Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So you can't have a healthy and strong marriage. If your personal relationship with God isn't healthy and strong, it doesn't work. Can't work. Impossible to work. So that's what we work toward. Now, look at me. God is never after perfection. All we see in the Bible is this. Be like God. But then we see this in the Bible. We see not perfection, but progress. Nobody's ever going to be perfect. We aim for it, but we'll never get there. So we just have to continue to work through it. He's very happy if he sees progress. The institution of marriage in the American church is under attack from without and within. Many single Christians are having sex and even living with a partner outside of marriage. In addition, many marriages are not what they should or could be. Pastor Mark will be teaching about building a proper foundation for marriage, which begins with a proper relationship with God. Realizing that God created marriage and knows the attitude the husband and wife need to have toward God and one another is a starting place. Pastor Mark will be expanding on what scripture has to say about our attitudes and how that affects our actions. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Psalms as he begins his message, Six Keys to a Strong, Healthy Marriage. Turn to Psalms chapter 127. Psalms 127, Old Testament, about halfway through. We'll be there and uh, begin teaching just in a moment. How many know what this is? Ducky tape. You're going to learn today how duct tape fits into marriage. Uh, it's going to be exciting. You know that. Now, I have about three illustrations of duct tape in marriage, but you'll have more. So I want you to send them to my secretary, and I'll put them on Facebook, and we'll laugh together. So duct tape, duct tape, and marriage. Absolutely fantastic. Today's teaching is six keys to a strong, healthy Marriage. Anytime we teach on marriage and sexuality, Satan loves to bring condemnation. Because on the thousands of people I'm speaking to, what do we find? We find divorced people. So when you hear about it, the enemy wants to condemn you, discourage you. Let me just say to you, if you're a divorced person today, put that in the past and move forward in God's grace. Second, we have all these high school and college and career people. And you're looking... For a godly spouse. You're trying to figure out how to do marriage right. You've seen disasters. You want to do it the right way. Maybe you've even failed sexually. Let me just say this to you. Watch what the Bible says. Write that down in your mind as you're looking for a spouse. And then if you have failed sexually, just ask God to forgive you. Start over again. Make a commitment to be pure. Because when I talk on marriage, 
Can I ask this morning, those of you that have a perfect marriage, I would like you to stand right now. You don't have to look around because there ain't nobody standing. If they were, liars don't go to heaven. So we're taking care of it. So first thing I want you to write this morning is this. You need to understand this definition. Marriage is a lifetime commitment to an imperfect person. I'd like to say to you this morning, that changes. It never changes. That's because you and I are imperfect. You see, with God, there's always forgiveness. There's always hope. And there's always a brand new start. Well, when God created man, he looked down at Adam and he said these interesting words. It's not good for Adam to be alone. And then God says this, Adam, I'm going to make a helper for you. And God created woman and he joined them together in a spiritual bond called marriage And the two of them became one. And that is the definition of marriage. And what God was saying with Adam and Eve, he wasn't talking to anybody else in the garden. There was nobody else there. He said to Adam and Eve, the three of us are going to do life together. And I asked you last week to put it on Facebook, and you did it, Twitter, and hashtag. uh, Marriage is a threesome. And a lot of people think, well, I like that church. Let's go to that church. No, you didn't get it exactly right. So it is. But what was God saying to Adam and Eve? Adam, you're lonely. I'm making you Eve. I'm putting you together. You're going to be very different. But we're the three of us are going to do life together. And what God was saying is this. I know how to do marriage. I designed it. I know the best for you. And to be honest with you, I want the best for you, so I'm going to help you do it. So we open with an interesting verse, Psalm 127, verse 1. Look what it says in your Bibles. Unless the Lord, God, builds the house, builds the home, builds the marriage, the husband and wife, the builders, they're going to work at it in vain. You see, there's only two ways to do marriage. God's way or my way? So I'm going to give you six keys. The first one I want you to write down this morning is this. Here's what God's saying. Put God first in your life and your marriage. You see, society today says we can build our homes and families without God. We don't need God. We can do just fine. But God says, no, 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 no. Impossible. Unless I build, and as I'm part of your marriage, this threesome, you will work in vain. Solomon loved to use that word all through Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. He liked to use the word vain. Vain means useless, lots of work, never getting anywhere. It will not accomplish. There won't be purpose and meaning. It just won't work. So God says, put me first in your life and marriage. And then we'll work from that base. Now, here's what that looks like, so you'll understand this morning. It's this triangle. We learned last week, when people build a house, they're going to have to build a house, a literal house, on a foundation. We learned that God is our foundation. Well, God is the foundation of our marriage. And all when we look back at the beginning, this is how it works. We have a husband, 
and a wife. As we talked about last week, we don't have two men. We don't have two women. We have a man and a woman. That's how God is married. There is no other definition. It'll never change. That's it. So we have a husband and a wife, but not just a husband and a wife. They have a personal relationship with God. They know God. And that's where the threesome comes from. The person that holds our marriage together is God. And if you're without God, it isn't going to work right. It will never achieve what God wants. Now, I want you to just in your mind, watch what happens. The closer I am in my relationship with God, the closer as a husband over here, I draw up that little arrow and I'm getting closer to God. And my wife takes that little arrow and she gets close to God. What happens to the distance, the relationship between the husband and the wife? Does it get farther apart or does it get closer together? Tell me. Okay, put your hands up. Put your hands up. With God, if, I, if I'm growing and my wife's growing, what happens to our marriage? Show me. Show what happens to my relationship with my wife. That's exactly right. Now, you don't want to see the opposite. We know the opposite. One says they have a relationship with God. They don't. What happens to the marriage? There it goes. And you're going to see with this word intimacy, that happens a lot. A lot of people sit in our churches. You're here today. And you claim you love God and you love marriage and you love your spouse. Mm. So it's not healthy. It's miserable. And so we're going to learn how to do that. That's the definition. That's the foundation. Now, let me just share something to you because it will seem strange to you. Every family or marital problem is really a spiritual problem. doesn't matter how it manifests itself. See, at the core, you're spiritual. At the core, you're spiritual. So... That spiritual problem comes because one of the spouses is not doing well spiritually. And that affects the whole marriage. Now, notice in something, maybe you saw that and you have to understand. My relationship with God comes before my relationship with my wife. My first response is always to God. When you stand at a judgment seat, you don't stand as a couple. You stand as an individual. So in marriage, the man and the wife, their relationship has to be second to their marriage, and they individually have to put God first. When I do that, then it brings a strong marriage. Now, something else that we've forgotten, some of you are young enough to be raising many kids and all the kids and stuff. Understand this, marriage is a husband and a wife. Marriage comes before your children. Your wife, your spouse, your husband comes before your children. It doesn't mean we abandon our children, but those children are being your home to eventually what? Leave. How many that have teenagers this morning say, thank you, Jesus? Let's say right now. Okay. So we have to be careful because we watch this happening. In a marriage, we get so busy that we put all the focus on the kids, and pretty soon the kids are gone. There's husband and wife looking at you, and the guy, who are you? And it's a disaster. So understand what that looks like. Now, so let's take a little assessment right now. Single person, whatever. Married person, divorced person. Answer this question. This is just for you privately. It's a stop and think. A sila. Is my personal relationship with God healthy and strong? So you can't have a healthy and strong marriage if your personal relationship with God isn't healthy and strong. It doesn't work. Can't work. Impossible to work. So that's what we work toward. Now, look at me. God is never after perfection. All we see in the Bible is this. Be like God. But then we see this in the Bible. We see not perfection, but progress. Nobody's ever going to be perfect. We aim for it. 
but we'll never get there. So we just have to continue to work through it. He's very happy if he sees progress. By the way, we're always a work in progress, all of us. Now, for those of you that are single and divorced, or you're not married yet, you're just single, let me give you a clue right up front. You just saw a picture. Marriage is two people that have a vibrant personal relationship with God. As you're looking, maybe you're divorced, it didn't work, all kinds of reasons, whatever. You're looking for somebody. Find a spouse. The spouse you're looking for has to have a vibrant relationship with God. Here's a huge mistake. You see them in church and go, wow, they're a Christian. Everything's perfectly fine. No. Because many of them are here to find you. Because they just want a good-looking spouse. Or a buff guy like me. That's exactly what they're after. Quit laughing. Come on. So what does that mean? It means you need to date somebody long enough to see they love God. If you don't, it's a disaster. I've dealt with it for 50 years in counseling. They come into the office. Well, I know he's going to come to the Lord after we're married. We won't marry an unbeliever and a believer. Why? It's unbiblical. But they go ahead. And I can't tell you how many times. The spouse comes back to the office two years, three years, four years later. Man and woman. Pastor Mark, I wish I'd have listened. The marriage is gone. It's destroyed. Never. I've also found this many times. Pastor Mark, he said he was a Christian. He went to church, but he isn't interested anymore. Well, it's because it was never a vibrant relationship with God. Listen up. Be wise. Now, number two, practice love and intimacy. Practice love and intimacy. The Bible says it very clear. In Genesis 2.25, the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. I found a great definition for intimacy. I love it. Look what it is. Write it down today. Intimacy. Into me see. Oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) See, God made us to love and to be intimate with our spouse. Here are Adam and Eve. They're naked. In case some of you don't know what that word naked means, it means no clothes. They're naked and they're not what? Ashamed. There was intimacy. There was openness. There was honesty. And Adam and Eve are looking at each other. And they say something we say often. Adam says, what you see? You got it. That's it, baby. There's nothing to hide. There's no funky glasses on. What you see is what you get. That's intimacy. Do you get it? Do you get it? Into me see. And many times, we're not open and honest in our marriages. We hide all kinds of stuff. And a marriage will never work that way. You see, this real close relationship simply means I'm open enough to allow my spouse to see into the real me. Now, Paul writes about submission and love and respect. Here you go. Ephesians 5.21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Yes, the Bible says wives submit to the husband. But before it says that, it gives us a principle that we are to submit to each other as Christians. Submission is simply an attitude that wants to cooperate. So submission has to work 
In a marriage, both people submitted to each other. You'll see why in a moment. Verse 33 in Ephesians. However, each one of you, talking about the husband, must love his wife as he loves himself. There isn't one man here that does that. Certainly including me. I'm striving toward it, but I don't do that. See, we all love ourselves more than anybody else because we're very selfish, even as Christians. So how did Christ love the church? That's what I'm supposed to love my wife as. He gave his life for it. Say, well, Pastor Mark, I'll give my life for it. No, just submit. Just love your wife. And then it says this, and the wife must respect her husband. Husbands, write this down. This is your homework for this week. Do submit. Have a willing attitude. Give in sometimes. Ask her opinion. Love, I'll talk about that in a moment, and lead your wife. Husbands, you're the spiritual leader of the home. You're a servant leader. You're not a boss. You're a servant leader. That's the way you were designed. Now, for the wives, Titus 2.4, Paul says this. Then they can train the younger women, role models, to love their husbands. So we see that husbands and wives are to love each other, submit to each other. Wife, this is your assignment. Write it down today. Do submit, love, and respect your husband. We learned when we did the Sermon on the Mount that when we give mercy, we what? We get it back. So if you give love and respect, what's going to happen in the marriage? You're going to get love and respect back. That's the way it works. So that's the commandments from God. Remember what we said last week? Very important you understand what I'm going to say to you right now. You say, Pastor Mark, I'm I'm commanded to love my spouse as Christ loved the church? Exactly. And what did Jesus say to us last week? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? Lots of people call themselves Christians, but they, when it comes to marriage, forget it. I'll do my own thing. No, you can't work it that way. You're going to call yourself a Christian and not do this? Impossible. Impossible. When you begin to look at that, here's our problem. What does love actually mean? What does it really mean to be intimate with my spouse? Uh, Love in the American language is one word. But in the Greek language, four different common words. We're just going to study three of them. So here is a picture of what that looks like. I'll go through it very quickly. And I'm going to save the one on fellowship and relationships and friendship to the end. But it starts with agape, and that's God's love, a selfless love. And the word you'll use there is a commitment, commitment, and it's a spiritual intimacy. It's a spiritual intimacy. You'll see that as we go through. Now, friendship, I'll cover at the end. Passion, you know what that is. That's the word eros. That's our sexuality. And that is a physical love. It's sexual intimacy. Many times when we use the word intimacy, the only time we ever think about it is sexual. But that's not true. Every one of these loves has to have an intimacy part to it. Spiritual or relational or sexual. Now, turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 19, if you will. Here, the religious leaders had come to Jesus, and they were asking about marriage and why there was divorce and all the rest of that. And Jesus has some great statements to speak to us. Now, I'm not talking about a divorce today. That's another whole two-hour teaching, at least. 
but we'll, we'll just kind of delve into this. This is God's love, self-sacrificing love. Watch what it says. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. After you get married, mom and dad are good. You still love them. You still respect them. But you're the new unit. You can't let mother-in-law problems, father-in-law problems destroy your marriage. You're the new unit. For a reason, man will leave his father and mother and be united. That word united, if you want to write it in your Bible, is called superglue. United. It's a relationship to his wife. And watch what happens. The two will become one flesh. That's a spiritual relationship. Verse 6. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Be united, as I said, means to glue together. It's interesting. It's like my duct tape. God puts us together. Now, I'm not going to do it this morning. I'm not stupid. I put two pieces of duct tape together. If I took one and kind of put it to my lips, many of you would be very happy because the sermon would be over. (laughs) I can't get that sucker off my mouth. So when God joins us together, what does he do? He takes two pieces. These are two pieces, and he puts them together. Anybody ever try to separate that? Is that difficult or is that difficult? Tell me. It's very difficult. And when you separate it, you damage both parts. That's divorce. Oh, it's just like that. No, it is not. Kids, family, hearts. And that's why Jesus said the reason for divorce, you'll see it later, is because man's hearts got hard. Careful. Now, again, if you've been divorced, you just leave it in the past and go forward because there's no perfect people here. But you have to understand, those of you that are young, listen up. Listen up to what I'm teaching as you're getting ready to get married or married again. Now, in our world, there's 5 million advertisements for lawyers. I know we have lawyers here. I'm just, God bless you. It's okay. We all need one from time to time. Amen. (laughs) But marriage is not a a contract. Marriage is a covenant. You see, a contract limits my responsibilities and protects my rights. I'm going to sign it as a, you know, uh, I'm going to protect myself. No, marriage is a covenant. It, a covenant, I give up my rights and I assume the responsibilities. You see, in a covenant, it's a committed love. It keeps unloving regardless of what happens. So understand how serious God took that. The two become one. And if you try to break it, it doesn't work. It simply doesn't work. We heard today about the terrible state of marriage and singleness in the church. Pastor Mark also taught about our need to get our minds right in the area of sex and relationships. We also heard the good news of God's forgiveness and the opportunity we have to start over after failing to do sex God's way. We were taught what God has to say about sexual intimacy in the roles of the husband and wife. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. 
We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. In the next message, Pastor Mark will continue to teach from Psalm 127, as well as other scripture passages dealing with marital relationships in God. We'll learn the importance of moving from thinking of me to we in our marriages. We will be reminded of how critically important it is for married couples to fight for the health of their marriages. We'll also learn about the one who is opposed to successful marriages. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.